0: Yo, is my mic on? Yo. Oh, it is. Welcome to Mackie's World Podcast. Yeah, that's Mackie. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Surprisingly, I'm in a great mood right now. I say surprisingly because 2020 was full of turmoil and just a whole bunch of nonsense. Don't get me wrong, 2021 started off that way as far as the world is concerned, and uh, we had that insurrection that um, we talked about on episode 17 of Mackie's World. Um, but before we really talk about all that jazz, uh, I got to introduce this episode. This is episode 18 of Mackie's World. If you did not know by now, I go by the name of Jamal. Uh, follow me on IG, uh, Mackie's Period World on Instagram. Again, that's Mackie's Period World on Instagram. And... Uh, Let's do it. Episode 18. Um, 2021. Uh, right off the gate. Off to a bang. Uh, a lot of stuff has been going on in my world. Um, as far from sports to uh, trying to make investments and thinking about buying a house. Uh, definitely more accelerated and that thought has come to mind for my fiancé and I sooner than we expected. But, um... Things are looking good from a financial standpoint, to be honest, but um, I'm going to put a pin in that and we're going to circle back to that after we do uh, Mackie's music. I've probably said circle back maybe 100 plus times in 2021 so far, or I'm going to put a pin in that because in my professional life, I do have to say words like that. And uh, it, it is like it is funny, it's like a running joke between one of my good friends, um, and we just always say that, just joke around about it, but um, seriously, we're going to put a pin in the uh, financial conversation, because I do actually want to speak on uh, Mackie's music. Sorry for being all over the place, but I'm actually in a really good mood. I'm actually like really happy right now, so um, I'm chilling, I'm good, I hope everyone out there is doing well, or as well as they can be. And I really hope 2021 is a big year for you guys. Um, Again, Mackie's music. Let's start it off. Um, I've been listening to a lot of chill vibes recently. Like, you know the vibes. Like, really chill, very low-key. Uh I feel like I got my earth tones on. I'm chilling, you know, I'm vibing out. <laughs> uh, so, let's just jump right into it. So, um, an artist that I found out about in late 2020 was... Well, actually, I'm capping An artist my brother told me about maybe in late 2019 that I finally started actually listening to in late 2020 is St. John. Very dope um, project he had come out, um, While the World is Burning. Uh, I really liked um, the entire project, but two songs stood out to me um, the most on that project. Um, Switching Sides and High School Reunion featuring Uzi uh again you know the vibes very chill very low-key uh he's like uh, a melodic artist as well so like the drakes of the world um he's like singing rapping but he's very dope so i definitely recommend checking out saint john uh while the world is burning another artist i got put on to recently uh was this, uh is this guy named ant clemens I'm not the biggest fan of him as a whole, but um, this song called Excited featuring TY Dollar Sign or Ty Dollar Sign really stood out to me. It's called Excited, and my fiance can tell you I've probably played that song, this is no lie, probably um, 20 times within the past like few weeks, maybe even more. And that's a lot when you're not listening to music that much, um, or when you're just like, watching tv a lot of doing whatever but to hear a song 20 times in like a short span mind you this might put it in in better context actually i found out about that song mid-january it's almost the end of january now so i played the song about 20-25 times in like in a week span so just to give you some more context around that but uh aunt clemens i feel like um He is an up-and-coming artist to watch for because I've been seeing him getting a lot of buzz around uh, different blogs and whatnot. Again, his music is not fully for me, but Excited did stand out. Last but not least, Smack Ayers. Um, He spells his name A-Y-E-R-S, but that's how you pronounce it Ayers. Smack Ayers has a very, very dope project to start 2021. Um, It is called Magic 8-Ball. and uh, Talk about chill, low-key vibes. Yeah, yeah, he got those vibes for sure. So for me, the standout song that I really like is Every Time and Never Let Me Go. Um, Again, heavy, heavy, heavy in my fall-winter 21 rotation. If you need that, reach out to me, Mackie's Period World, send a DM. I will respond in a timely manner, and I will share that playlist with you. I got you. I got you. Now, circling back to <laughs> the financial conversation that we briefly touched on, I want to let you guys know that um, I found this guy on YouTube. I guess Instagram that I went to found him on YouTube. This guy named Dave Ramsey. He's um, He really focuses on debt and debt relief. So I was looking through his page and whatnot, and I guess um, his thing is, helping people with credit card debt, personal loans, all of that. So I saw one person had like $100,000 in um, like debt, and within 23 months, he helped them wipe that debt away. So for context's sake, I don't have crazy debt like that, little to none, not including student. Well, yeah, not including student loans because, yeah, student loans are there. But it's like, mm, eh, you may or may not see a check from me <laughs> or any payments from me. Um, but that is something that is top of mind for me. And I do pay when I can. But ultimately, I don't have crazy debt like that. I think the reason why I kind of gravitated towards him is for two reasons. One, I have some stocks. I know stocks doesn't relate to my to debt. But it's a way for investing and spending your money the right way. And that's why I gravitated towards him. How can I spend my money the right way? How can I prevent myself from getting said debt? And I couldn't imagine being 28, almost 29 years old and having $100,000 plus worth of credit card debt, personal loan, $300,000 worth of just debt as a whole. You know, making a decent income and trying to pay that off. I feel like I could not, like, manage that, to be honest. And the fact that he helps people get that down, I can only imagine how stressful it is for those people in that position. That sounds horrible. So the fact that you got rid of your, you know, $300,000 debt in two years I mean, that speaks volume, and I feel like it's a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of cutting back. But I feel like that is important as far as making sure you're spending your money on the right things. So if you guys did not know, I I do like shoes. Um, I do collect shoes, and I also will resell shoes. Um, I resell shoes because that, in a way, is an additional stream of income. If I spend $150 or $200 on a pair of shoes and three, four, five months from now, a year from now, I could flip that to make $800, $500? I mean, why not? I, I'm not going to wear this shoe anyway, so let it sit, let it accrue. Um, let it just gain in value and sell it. I, I will I will do that for certain shoes. Now, all shoes I did not do that to, but I will resell a couple of shoes, like some collabs. I will resell off-whites. I've had plenty of off-white Jordan, That I pay retail for and I let them go. Some I let them go for a bad trade, some I I get, I maximize my profit, but I think of it as a stream of income. So I guess having more tools in my tool belt of how to avoid getting into debt and making the right investments is what I'm really trying to say right now because I want to build generational wealth for myself, my family. I can pass things down and own a house own really multiple homes you know i don't want to be in that rent cycle to where i'm just paying someone else to live there i want to have a mortgage uh once i'm done with that mortgage i own that house and once i pass on you know my kids can have that house or whatever the case may be because i want to keep that in the family that way they can always fall back on something now in turn you know also want to have stocks to making sure I'm making the right investments Uh, full disclaimer I am not um, huge into stocks I don't know much about stocks but I, I, I must say this I want to be able to diversify uh, my different streams of income so I'm not only focused on one thing now yes my job does give me stocks um, and I have let those sit and I have sold them some as well it's great but you know, multiple streams of income is, to me, the right way to go. So um, I'm really going to be digging into stocks more personally just so I can have multiple streams of income. Um, that way I am, you know, not in a situation to where I am going to accrue a bunch of debt going forward. Because, again, I don't want that. My greatest score is amazing right now. And this is me not... I'm. I'm I want to stop there and just say this. I'm not trying to brag about anything right now. I just want you guys to think and change your mindset a little bit about how can I make more money in a smart way. Now, this is all going to be risky. There's there's no surefire wins. You know, investing in Apple, investing in um, you know Google and uh, Disney. Those are high barriers of entry financially to spend. $200-$400 on you know, 3 or 4 shares of stock that seems very risky at first but you have to think about the long term play. It is shifting your mind and shifting your focus so once I do my entries um, as far as getting stock I might stray away from the Apples and the Disneys for a little bit just because that is again, it's a high area of entry, um, entry you know Two hundred dollars or less, you know. So I think it's about one fifty for certain. Some of these companies maybe one thirty, um, but I, I want to go to the smaller stocks. That way, I can see that money actually going up and actually working for me. And then once I sell those, okay, maybe I could, maybe I could flip that profit and then buy a Google, buy a uh, an Apple. That way, I can see higher turns of yield and whatnot. And I'm probably using the wrong terminology. I'm just I'm spitballing. I'm very early in my research um, into stocks. So, again, I can only say do your own research. Um, I don't want to ever give you false information, but I want to be able to help you out. And if me just talking to you about the stocks and investments and whatnot pushes you to get to that next point of wanting to invest, hey, I did my job. I did my job. So... um I know I mentioned student loans. Uh, I heard that uh, Biden did push back the student loan repayment again. At this point, bro, just wipe that money away, or, or at least give me, <laughs> give us a discount or something, because um, whew, it's not cool. I mean, how are we? How is our college system working? I don't think it is working. To be honest, I think I answered my own question. It's not working. We're on a broken system. You know, there's trillions and trillions of dollars of student loan debt. And it's like, why? How do we get to this point? You say that college is the best way to go, the best uh, way to get a good job and do all this other jazz. But it's like I'm paying so much money back. It's like, how can I really see the fruits of my labor when I have to pay you $250 a month? To have a good job. I'm not seeing all that money. It's like I'm just paying all that back. and That's the issue. That's the issue that people are getting into. Filing bankruptcy for your student loans. Like man that sucks. I've never been there. But I can only imagine that's horrible. But it's like the system we're in tells us to do it. And this is not a financial podcast whatsoever. So please take what I'm saying for a grain of salt. But I am here to just speak my truth, ultimately. You're here for a reason. So, that, that's kind of what it is. So, again, Biden, your team, Uh Aunt Kamala, <laughs> uh do your job, drop some of these two loan payments off completely, not just push back the payment. But I digress. I digress. Speaking of Biden, <laughs> that's B-Y-E-D-O-N, Biden, Biden. You get it. Hopefully you do. And uh, Auntie Kamala. <laughs> Shout out to the uh, the new president and uh, Madam Vice President. That inauguration was lit. Uh, but somebody please tell j to stop trying to sing. Uh, seriously, you didn't have your, your Ashanti backup vocals, so we don't want to hear you singing. Now, I'm not taking anything from her as far as her talent and her ability, but the singing is not there. Um, anyone working at the White House, listen to Mac- listen to my pod. Go to Mackie's music. I will find you a dope uh, artist to sing better than J Hit me up, seriously, because that's not it, Chief. <laughs> that is not it. But I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't know if Biden is the answer. I don't know. It's it's kind of a, a wait and see type of thing. I mean, I know that he wants to do a lot of things for the community. You want to say community, I'm going to say black community. But, hey, all presidents talk talk that talk, but they never walk the walk. Now, there's a chance he may do some things for us, but I don't know what that is. I mean, and also we got to ask ourselves, what do we want as well? And it, I was having a conversation with my fiancé and my mom, and... It is tough to say what does the black community want as a whole. I I know the government works on general statements and everything, but it's tough to generalize this when everyone's situation is so different. So handing someone a check and say, hey, we fixed your problems. To me, that's not the answer because within the problems are so many sub layers to this. You know, uh, financial literacy is a piece of that. You know how are you gonna save that money to build that generational wealth? But to me, that's something I find important, but someone else may not think that's important to them, but I do. But I'm also not in the business tell somebody how this how to spend their money. But um, I think given the black people you know the culture of check, along with resources to make sure they know how to keep their money, I think that's important and that's impactful, and just giving, you know, kids an outlet to, um, to use their skills to make sure we are promoting these programs within the black community. I think that's going to be almost even more important than giving somebody a check. Uh, and I'm not talking about the stimulus package because the stimulus package is meant to stimulate uh, the economy. I'm talking about like you know, potentially making up for the years and years of systematic issues that we've faced as a community in paying it forward. Um, But hey, I'm not a politician. I don't know. But general statements typically never work for communities once everyone's so different. I mean, that goes for, you know, the the Latinx community, white communities, whatever the case may be. General statements are hard, you know. Um, So really trying to get to the bare bones of, you know, certain communities and really getting granular I think that's going to be impactful, um, data science, that's, that's a huge career, um, just analytics in general, like, that is, that's the wave, you know, that's important, but again, I digress, I just wanted to get my thoughts out there and let you guys know kind of where my mind is at and where it has been over the past few days or so, um, and my mind has been racing, too. Just with this COVID situation in general, it's like, yes, we have a new regime in office, but we don't know the lasting effects of this virus still. it's It's been a year. Um, we don't know what's next. I think the vaccine is great. And then also making sure the messaging around the vaccine is given in a way that people can understand it. Now, I'm going back to black community again. As a whole, I know I just said I don't like general statements, but I'm just going to do generalize. That's the best way to do it. As a whole, uh, the culture does not trust the government in vaccines, and that's totally fair. But around COVID in particular, I think there's so much misinformation across all people. I know people that got the vaccine um, and I know people who are nervous to get the vaccine. Now, I trust the vaccine, but I'm scared to get it for myself. And I think a lot of people might be in that boat. And a lot of people might be, hey, Jamal, you are completely off base. I don't trust it whatsoever. Now, I'm speaking to the people that don't trust it whatsoever because I think they've been given a lot of misinformation. And we're just going to try to forget about the past. and just look about and uh, the past of what happened to us. And I want to talk directly to... Just facts at this point. 2002, 2003, SARS uh, was in China. Same thing happened. Uh, animal gave it to a human. That's a coronavirus. So, uh, there hasn't been any cases since 2004 due to the hard work of science um, and vaccines. Uh, I don't think SARS ever hit the U.S., but it ran rampant in China. And if I am misspeaking, please forgive me. But that is the gist of Um, SARS. Now 2019, same thing happened um, in China as where it originated. Uh, An animal gave it to a human in Wuhan. That is COVID as well. Sorry, that is a coronavirus as well. Now, here's the marriage and here's where everything gets a little bit muddy, but I want to clean up the muddy lines. So, SARS and COVID-19 Come from the same base. COVID is a strand of SARS. So it's SARS-2. And again, feel free to fact check me. Um, but that is essentially what I read. It is a strand of SARS. So it's SARS-2 or SARS-1, something along that in line. That's covid all the groundwork for the vaccine was done to eliminate SARS. And again, there hasn't been any SARS cases since t- 2004. The new strand appeared from the strand of SARS. That's where COVID-19 came from. So the reason why the vaccine was pushed out so quickly, and again, this is just from what I read, is because all the legwork and all the groundwork has was already done back in 2004. So all they had to do was beep, beep, beep update a few things within that vaccine And also, money helps, too. That's why it was rolled out relatively quickly. So that's why I can say I do trust it, but not definitively. Because, again, I still have a place tomorrow where it's like, I don't know. I have a wall for vaccines in general. So I think it's been working well, 94% effective. But hey, that is up to you and I would respect any decision anyone makes about taking or not taking the vaccine because again for me I am also on the fence even though I do have the facts laid out in front of me it's just something I can't escape it's just in my DNA I just don't know I just don't know but because it is 94% effective Charles Barkley said something and I can't believe I'm mentioning this Charles Barkley mentioned that he believes that NBA players and any athlete should get the vaccine first because they are potentially super spreaders because they are traveling around the country to play said sport. I get where he's coming from. I understand it. Because you want to stop super spreader events. I get it. But I think that... He may have spoke too soon, even though he he could be right. He uh, could be the best. But I think the older population, people that are uh, immunocompromised should get it first. I see where he's coming from, so I can't completely kill him on that because part of me actually wants to agree with him completely, 100%. But we have to think about the people that are immunocompromised and not help the most, on paper, healthiest people in the world first. But we want to stop super-spurty some I mean, I think of it as a, as a balancing act. What is the right balance? I don't know. I don't have those answers. That's, that's not for me to decide. Again, I am not a uh, scientist or someone in charge to make those decisions. But he kind of brings up a good point. Because you look at the NFL, and I'm honestly shocked that they're about to finish their season. Um, because they had so many COVID cases, like entire teams got COVID, but they never not once canceled a game. I know in my pod, I said that there's no way the NFL is going to finish the season, but I forgot who I was talking about. Roger Goodell, that devil, (laughs) no joking, Roger Goodell, the owner's will make sure their product is out there no matter what. And that's exactly what they did. Now, if they had the vaccine before the start of the season and they gave it to the players and nobody got COVID, I think from an optics standpoint, that looks good on, one, the vaccine, and two, that we got the um, NFL season done safely. But... On the flip side, it's like I'm looking at the NBA now and they're running into the same problem the NFL had. Now, the NFL has the luxury of only playing once a week, whereas the NBA are playing games almost every day. And if one team misses due to COVID, they're probably going to miss a week, maybe two weeks of games. Um, That's the part that sucks. Now, if one player in the NBA gets sick, the train has been, oh, he just sits out. But my thing is that's actually really confusing to me is I think the NBA is insulting the players intelligence, the fans intelligence and everyone's intelligence because they claim that <laughs> this is actually this is really really insane to me. They claim that an NBA game is not close contact because you're not in contact with one person for more than 15 minutes. No, the audio did not cut out. I'm letting that sink in for a bit. The NBA does not consider a game close contact because you're not in contact with one player for more than 15 minutes. That is complete insanity. You cannot tell me, Adam Silver, with a straight face, that an NBA game is not close contact. You are literally breathing in someone else's breath. That is as close as you can get. You are in somebody's face playing defense. You're boxing out. You're posting up. You're dribbling. You're sweating. You're doing all of that. And probably saliva is exchanging somehow. Because you're touching your mouthpiece, touching the ball, shaking somebody's hand. Like, come on, man. Like, don't insult my intelligence. Please don't. The NBA may have to do another bubble. I know from a psychological standpoint that players would absolutely hate it. But from a safety standpoint... It makes the most sense. Unless you follow Charles Barkley's train of thought, give the players a vaccine first, I guess, or incorporate the players somehow with the vaccine, and they won't cause a super spurt events. Again, I mean, you can play basketball with a guy, but you can't swap a jersey. I mean, you're not next to that guy for 15 minutes when you're swapping a jersey, Just going based off your logic. So, again, if you want to put all these rules in place, should you even play? George Hill brought up a great point. Should we even play? He said, I'm a grown man. Don't tell me what to do. And I think most people in America have that same mentality. Like, you're not going to tell me what to do. Um, I'm going to do what I think is right. And I get it. I get it. We've been locked down. Things have been closed for a year. You want to have control of your life. I get it. But there's a fine line to that. And you have to go through all these measures to say, hey, you can't do this. You can't do that. But you can play. That's just backwards to me. It doesn't really sit well with me. But hey, I've been watching. And the product to me has not been the best. Uh, This is like the first season in a while that I'm not fully invested. I'm invested in my Blazers always. But... There's some guys in the court I've never seen before and that's no disrespect to them. I just just the nature of the game. Um it's just crazy. So the NBA has a tall task ahead of them. I and mean, on top of that their season is gonna be seventy two games compared to NFL with, you know, seventeen or sixteen plus playoffs or seventeen, whatever you want to call it, plus playoffs. Um, they have the luxury of that. So I don't know, there's a lot of questions that will go unanswered. But I am curious about what's going to happen, though. And, uh, hey, if you keep coming back and listening, I will keep giving my take on what I see and how I view the world. So, it's just weird. I just don't like the NBA saying that a game is not close contact. I think that's insane. But, hey, I mean, they've been secretly having fans, though, like in Utah, Indiana. Like, they try to, in the front rows, they have the Tarps. But if you look up... There's fans there. Detroit, if I'm not mistaken, so it's like you can't have your cake, ice cream, and brownies and eat it too. You gotta choose one or the other at this point. Which is weird. This is really weird to me. Because I feel like the fans would. Can you enforce wearing masks to fans? I don't know. I don't know. Because but... that could almost be super spread events in a way just in the stands. But it's interesting. So, um, that's my sports ball talk. That's it. And actually, this is going to be a quicker episode. Um, I don't have actually much to say here um, besides this. I was watching, uh, I'm just going to end it off here, actually. This is the end it off here. No need to try to drag it on. You've got be here long enough with me, so thank you for rocking out. I was watching Drumline. Shout out Nick Cannon. And, um, I heard a quote that said, you have to learn to follow before you can lead. And that's real. You know, you, know, I feel like the way I'm interpreting it is you get all the tools of the trade from somebody that's putting you on game, teaching you, you're following them, and then it's like once you get all the necessary tools in your tool belt, you can go off on your own and bring other people with you. So you have to learn to follow before you can lead other people. And then you bring them along. To me, I thought that was a good quote. Hey, it also is a drumline, so I could take it with a grain of salt, too. But I like that. So that is my Mackie's motivation. Learn to follow before you can lead. Get all the tools in the toolbox before you lead other people. Because they're going to be passing on that information, too, if they do follow that same train of thought of following before you lead. So I thank you for taking a trip through the mind of Mackie. Until next time, be safe.